Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Welcome today to our online experience. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Um, We are in week five of a series that we have called Making Room for a Miracle. And what we're gonna do today as well, we are gonna celebrate communion together. So wherever you are at home, go ahead and grab some elements. We're gonna be doing this uh, together at the end of the message today. So you have a little bit of time to get that prepared. So let's just pray before we get started today. Father God, We are just so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful that we can come around your word and learn and grow and move closer to you. We just thank you, Lord, for bold utterance and the Holy Spirit today to help minister your word. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And every few people in the room said... Amen. And where you are at home, say amen along with us. Also, go and get your Bibles, take notes, uh, engage with us today. It'll uh, take up your experience. You know, that's one of the things I was actually thinking about um, uh, the, all the services that we're doing presently, and we might do something different in the future, but all of them are pre-recorded. And I was kind of struggling a little bit with that in my heart because it's so, as a preacher, when you like to preach to a full room and you like to hear people respond and different things like that, and then maybe something pre-recorded doesn't seem as authentic or genuine or powerful. But as I was thinking about it, the whole of Scripture is pre-recorded. And it is still very powerful for us. So wherever we are and wherever we're engaging with this message and the worship experience, it can be powerful for us if we lean in. It can be powerful for us if we read along the verses and take notes and worship along and it can really make a difference. Just like when we're sitting down to read the scripture, which is already pre-recorded, that whatever we are experiencing online right now can make a big difference in our lives. And uh, you know, another learning and I'm sure you're learning this as well, is how important community is. Uh, Just how we are made for relationships. Thank God for the relationships that we have with the people in our home, but we love other people too. (laughs) We wanna see them. I mean, in the short run until we get together, thank God for online groups. So if you're watching, you can sign up for one of our online groups, uh, and that will be a great way in the short run for you to continue in community. All right, so already in this series, we have looked at a few of the miracles um, in the life and ministry of Jesus, and that's one of the things that we know about Jesus, that he was famous for miracles. Even people that aren't sure about Jesus and who he is, they know that he was a miracle worker. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're just discussing Uh, this idea, making room for a miracle. We can't force God to do a miracle. We can't necessarily make a miracle happen, but what we can do is we can make space in our hearts and our minds for the miraculous. And, and we can position ourselves for God's power. And we see these principles from the scripture and uh, ways that people did this, that they made space for God to show up in their lives and they positioned themselves for the power of God. And as we've been saying, uh, when we, the sports analogy is if you are, if you ever played basketball, I know my high school basketball coach, one of the things that he would drill into our minds, he would, when we are on offense, he would say, always face the guy with the ball because at any moment, 
He might pass it to you and you need to be ready. You need to be ready with your hands up. Be in a position to receive the ball that's coming your way. And that's what we're discussing in this series. We want to be ready. We want to be open to the activity of God in our lives. So we want to make room for the miraculous. We want to position ourselves to experience the power of God. So we saw so far in this series, we saw the very first miracle that Jesus performed, uh, turning water into wine, um, and then we uh, saw that obedience positions us for the miraculous. And then the second week, we talked about faith, how the healing of the centurion servant, the woman with the issue of blood, just Jesus emphasized faith, how these people received their healing. And then we talked about the nobleman's son, his healing, and then Peter walking on water and how important the focus of our faith is. And then we talked about the healing of the blind man, and we want to see. We want to, be, we want to be in a position so we can see the activity of God, and then we want to be in a place where we are humble, that we are open, that we don't have God in a box, that God can only operate this way in just my finite thinking, that God is transcendent, and He's big, and He's strong, and He's powerful, and He will operate outside of ways that we could even imagine. So we want to humble ourselves and to be open to what God has for us. So just the definition of a miracle means a supernatural event, a divine act, transcending the ordinary powers of nature, and that's what God is, because He created all things that He can transcend these things. So we want to experience miracles in our lives in the area of healing and provision and timing, and really what we need in the moment, what we need right now, these are the miracles that we should be making room for that these are the things that we should be positioning ourselves for to be open to what God has for us. So really all in this series, we are discussing this idea that we want to agree with God. We want to be on the side of God. And when we think about this idea, uh, part of the question is, as it relates to the miraculous, is how big do we think God is? Or how powerful He is? Or how many problems can he fix, or what can he actually do? What is our um, image of who God is? Is, it, is, it, is he big? Is he small? Is he quiet? Is he, you know, something else? But what we want to do is we want to go to the Scripture. We want to see in the life of ministry of Jesus how um, important this image of God is. And we can see this in one of the stories of healing um, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 says this, and as Jesus passed by on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. So once again, as we look at a story and we see Jesus and we see two blind men, what's going to happen? They're going to get healed. We expect the miraculous when we see Jesus is involved. And once again, this should be our expectation. But when we see this interaction, once again, we get to see these guys and what their condition was, and then this is a tremendous interaction that Jesus has with these two blind guys. Verse 28 says, when he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? What an interesting question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? See, why is this question important, and why is this question important to these guys? We don't necessarily know. We don't necessarily know their background. We don't necessarily know why Jesus asked this question, but we know that it was important for Him to ask this question. It actually made a difference for them. Do you believe that I'm able, that I have the power, that I have the capacity to do this? He asks us a question. 
And this is what, something we see over and over again in the Gospels. Jesus asking us questions. Why does Jesus ask us questions? Because he wants us to think, and he wants us to respond, and he wants us to be aware of something. Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, seeing that no one knows about it, but they went away and spread his fame through all, all the districts. So anyway, they didn't hear what he said, but praise God that they could see here in this story. But they asked this question, do you believe that I can do this? He touched their eyes, and then he said to them, according to your faith, according to what you believe about my ability then you are experiencing that. So what do we believe about the ability of God? Do we believe God's hand is short? Do we believe he's not strong enough? Do we believe that he is incapable of doing and fixing certain situations? We know that God can do impossible things. In other words, stuff that man can accomplish, God can actually do. And this is what I feel like would make sense that we would believe about God who created all things because men can't create planets and they can't create elements and they can't do all of these things, that God is the creator of all of those things. So we should believe in the ability of God. We should believe in the power of God. Jesus asked his disciples, you know, one day, well, who do you say that I am? After a bunch of them said, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the prophets, some say you're Moses, you know, all these different answers to the question. But then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And this is the important question for us. Well, somebody else believes this and somebody else believes this. But then Jesus asked the disciples, but what do you say? What do you believe about me, Jesus says? And this is what we need to think about, God. When God is asking us these questions, when Jesus is asking us these questions, do we just believe like, well, you know, you used to do stuff, but I don't know, I just don't know about today. Well, and then... See, this is what we then believe about Jesus. Now, what we believe about Jesus doesn't actually create him to be that. But who he is, it's important for us to believe that. Our, our beliefs don't create who God is, but it is important for us to believe who he actually is. And so this is what Jesus is addressing in the question, well, who do you say that I am? Is it just, you know, I, I'm a good teacher? Well, then the gnats how much you will be open to Jesus, just what he says. You'll just be open to his teaching because you believe he's a good teacher. And if, well, you know, we've got some good thoughts. We've got some good peaceful thoughts from Jesus, and, but then that's all we'll be open to as it relates to our relationship with God. Well, who do you say that I am? So it's important for us to know the capacity of God, the power of God, the miraculous working power of God so that we can be just wide open all God of who you are, that's who I want to open myself up to. I want to make room for all of who you are. Even if something that I haven't seen yet physically in my life, I just want to be wide open, God. Who do you say that I am? So how do we answer these questions? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Who do you say that I am? How do we answer this question as an individual Christ follower? Do we have... God-sized dreams, or do we have oversized problems? 
Because when we think about our lives, the things that we are dreaming for and trusting God for, are they God-sized? Is that what we're looking at in our lives, or are we just focused on our problems? And there are so many issues in the world today to just focus on and think about. You can watch the news for like one 20-minute period and get depressed, and you can get sad, and you can just focus on that. But in the middle of all of that, God is saying, but who do you say that I am? I know this is going on. What are, what are we thinking about? How are we answering this question? How are we thinking at this time? Are our issues and our worry bigger than God in our mind? Now, they aren't actually bigger than God, and they aren't actually bigger than who God is and His power, but they can become bigger to us, and we can have more faith in our issues than we do in God's power. Because we get it in reverse and we just get looking at these things. But Jesus comes to us with the question, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Who do you say that I am? Because he answered the blind guys after they received their sight according to your faith. According to your openness, according to your belief in my ability to act in your life, this is what we're going to experience with the power of God. So, part of the question is, could we be possibly limiting God in our lives? Now, we can't limit who God actually is. God is God, the creator, the heavens and the earth. He is the Savior. But we could, and we would never do this necessarily on purpose, but we could be limiting who God is to us because of our thinking, because of our attitudes, because of our focus, because of the struggle. And everybody, the struggle is real. It's not that the struggle isn't real. The struggle is real. And it's there. And it's a struggle. That's why they call it a struggle. It's a hard time. But if if that's all that we focus on, if that's all that we think about, that is what we are making room for. We're just making room for the hardship. We're making room for the anxiety and the worry and the struggle and the pain. And all of these things are real things. But in the middle of the blindness, Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Before they experienced any healing. So we want to open ourselves up beyond just the issues that we are facing, the real life issues that we are facing. We want to open ourselves up to the miraculous. There's a great story here in 2 Kings chapter 4 about a lady who goes through a real-life terrible struggle. We're just going to read the story here in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. So here is a lady who has a real-life severe, obviously, issue. We don't know why her husband died, But she's reaching out to the prophet Elijah. And then it says this, And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take away my two children to be his slaves. Now, in this time, in the culture that they lived in, they had indentured servitude. In other words, to pay off your debts, they would either take you or your children, and then however long it would take, however many hours or days it would take to pay off the debt, that you just had to go with them, and you basically were working for free to pay off your debt. And so she lost her husband, and now she's in a situation here where she's going to lose her two children to go and be slaves. 
And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Why are we asking these questions? Isn't it obvious what needs to be done? Isn't it obvious when two blind guys come to you what they're needing? And then the prophet here is like, what shall be done? Ask, asking you a question. Why does God ask us a question? Because he wants to know our response. Right. He wants to know what we are going to focus on. Are we wide open to who he is? Or are we just focusing on something else? What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? That's another great thought. What do you have? What do you already have? You know, there's a famous story in, in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, when Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And so they get up there to the Red Sea, and then all of a sudden the Egyptian army starts chasing them. They realize, oh, wait, we want to get our slaves back. We're, and they start coming for them. And then in the middle of that, God cries out to Moses, hey, you know, God save us. And then God responds, why are you crying to me? And Moses is probably thinking, what do you mean, God? The only reason I'm leading the slaves is because you call me to go do it. But then God says something to him. He says, stretch out your staff. In other words, it was something Moses already had. That he reached out, and then what happened? We know the Red Sea was split. But it was something that Moses already had within his reach, within his hand. The prophet says the same thing. What do you have in your house? The starting place for any miracle for all of us is what is in our hand. What is within our reach? And for the blind men, it was just a simple answer. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. So that's all that was in the house, just a jar of oil. And then he said, go outside Borrow vessels from any, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour in all those vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from, she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, her, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there was not another. The oil stopped, then the oil stopped flowing. She came to him. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on the rest. So a story about miraculous provision. That God provided for them. But he started with something that was already in their house. What is within our reach? what is within our hand. And so what was the limitation here in this story about how many vessels would be filled up? Because what was the advice from the prophet? Go and borrow from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. In other words, don't just go get one. Go borrow a bunch because God wants to do a bunch of things. God wants to bless you a lot. 
not too few. And once again, there's no number on it. But what was the limiting factor? That the, what was the end of the oil being poured out when they ran out of vessels? So the only limitation on how many vessels were being filled for them was how many vessels they got. In other words, their faith. What did they, how many vessels did they believe God could fill? Well, is it 10? Do we think God could do 10? Maybe they hit 10 like, oh, could you think we could do 20? Would he fill up 20? What do we think about God? Who do you say that I am? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So the limitation many times to the activity of God in our lives is the choices that we're making. Go out and borrow a bunch of vessels. And then the advice from the prophet, don't borrow too few. Go get a lot. Why? Because preparation paves the way for a miracle. Am I, what am I preparing for God to fill up in my life? What is the activity that I'm moving into so that God could actually do something in my life? Preparation. Preparation paves the way for a miracle. And we want to be preparing for God-size possibilities. God-size. Not worry-size. Not the issue size and how much the struggle is and how difficult it is. And that's what I'm focusing on and thinking on. Because what, what, what is God going to fill up there if all I'm doing is worrying? And all I'm, doing, all I'm thinking about is the problem and the issue. There's, there's nothing for God to fill up. How am I preparing for the next thing that I would see coming in my life? How am I getting ready? Faith prepares. Faith gets ready. The Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 11 that by faith, Noah prepared an ark. Why? Because he saw something coming. He saw the rain coming, so he got ready. So what's coming up? What's coming up in my life? Am I, what am I preparing for? Because what I prepare for, God can fill. And this is true in so many areas of our lives with our relationships. You know, some, so many people are stuck in their relationships because the only vessel they have is their family of origin. And all of us have dysfunction from our family of origin, and this is the only cup we have for relationships. And maybe your cup was just meanness. Everybody in your family of origin, they were just mean, and so this is the only cup you know. And then you take this cup into your present relationships and then you're just mean to everybody. But we need new cups. We need some cups of love to bring into our relationship. And God, fill this cup. This other cup, I don't want to keep using this cup. I want to prepare for what you would have for me. God, fill up a cup of mercy. Fill up a cup of love. Fill up a cup of grace. What am I preparing for in my relationships? And so what does that mean? I'm preparing for change. I'm preparing for God to do brand new things. I'm wide open for the miraculous in my life. I'm, I'm wide open for God to do his divine thing. But I want to give him some vessels to work with. God, I'm wide open. Go get a bunch of vessels and not too few. So in other words, we are always preparing for what God wants to do in our future. We're always getting ready. We're always getting ready. We're not staying the same. 
It's going to grow and it's going to get better and it's going to get bigger. And I got to get ready. I got to move to the future. I'm not going to stay here. We can't stay here. We got to prepare what God has. Because listen, guys, the future is always coming. It's always coming. We got to get ready. A career, our finances, you know, if we're expecting to have some savings, we need a savings account. <laughs> Just a simple thing. If we're preparing for our retirement, what do we need to do? We need to have an RRSP or a 401k if you're watching from the States. <laughs> we got to get ready. We got to prepare. We got to find some stuff out. But this is, all I, this is all I know right now about finances. This it, this thing right here. But God has more vessels to fill up in your life. God has more blessings to come your way. But if we just, well, here's just, here's just one cup, God. The oil kept flowing when they kept bringing vessels. Here, God, here's another vessel. Here's something that I, here's something that I, that I know this thing shouldn't stay the same, so I offer this. I, I know there's a problem with my thinking in this area, so I'm wide open to what you say. What does your word want to say to me about this? Because this thing that I'm experiencing, this situation that I'm in the middle of, it's just not enough. And so I know you have more for me, so I give you a new vessel. I just humble myself, Lord, just to offer you a new vessel, a brand new vessel for you to fill. And what does the prophet say to us? Not too few. We're going to keep offering vessels to God that we're just wide open in every area of life or whatever God would want to do. Why? Because he's getting ready. He's preparing us for our future. He's preparing us for a miracle. See, every opposition presents the opportunity to partner with God and his purposes. Here they are. This, this woman is facing opposition. Wouldn't we say this is opposition? Her husband has died. Her children are, are the threat of her children being taken away from her. But in the middle of that is an opportunity to make way for the miraculous, to prepare for what God would have for us. And we are in our lives and in the world. There is a tremendous opportunity to pave the way for God's purposes to be flourishing in our lives. Why? Because there's a problem. We're facing a problem. But what do we need to do right now in the middle of this difficult time? God, I need to offer you some vessels. Maybe some vessels that I never even dreamed of. Like preaching an online message. <laughs> And this has been a little bit of my mantra, as the staff knows, because I never wanted to be a TV preacher. <laughs> but here we have an opportunity to preach the gospel. So I'm like, a, reluctantly, I'm like, okay, God, I'll give you this vessel. And whatever you would want to do with this vessel, I am okay with. But here, this opportunity, this difficulty, man, we're just opening ourselves up, and we can't even imagine what God can do asks us the question, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do, you, do we believe God is able to get us through this situation? Individually, as families, as a nation, as a, a family around the world, do we believe God is able to get us through this? Thank God for whatever our politicians are doing, but God is the one who's going to carry us through. Do you believe that I'm able to do this, he asks us? 
can, 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 can we get through this? Well, I don't know. It's too hard. It's difficult. And we've never been like this. And I've never lived through a pandemic. And we don't know. That's not much of a vessel. Right. We're not offering God very much to work with. It's like God, tell us the new things we need to do right now. God, I'm excited about the things that you want to do in this difficult time, this difficult time that I know you didn't create, but I know you want to do something in the middle of it. I give you a vessel to use. See, the everyday call from the voice of God is to prepare a container that God can fill. It's what God is always saying to us, always saying to us. Prepare a container that God can fill. Once again, we're living in an extra, extra interesting season. And it's not like we actually have any more time. We just have more time at home. We have more time inside. But we need to be thinking about, okay, what can I be doing with this time to prepare for the next thing? I mean, it would just be easy to eat all day. But that doesn't prepare us well for the next thing. We need to get up every day and say, God, God what container can I give you? Because you're preparing me for something. I don't know exactly what's coming next, but God, here's a container. My thinking is wide open. I'm just going to get and I'm going to spend time with you. And I'm going to spend time cleaning my house. And I'm going to spend time doing the things maybe that I wasn't. I'm just giving you a brand new container to use, God. That maybe you can restore some relationships right now because I have time to, to, yeah. to just to give something to you. What could you do through me, the container of my life? Do you believe that I'm able to use you? God would say to us. What would we do? We'd offer them us. We would say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Fill me so that I can be poured out as a blessing for others. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at City Church GTA. Thanks again for joining us.